God bless every one of you tonight. But Matthew 25, Matthew 25, and we're going to look at verse 5. Verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They all slumbered and slept. We're going to pray now in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, help us tonight. Visit this church one more time. We are disciples and not just followers of you, God. Not just fans of you, but we are believers of you. Every word that you've spoken, we believe it, Jesus. We need your guidance tonight to speak to us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. I've never polled you and asked your opinion. I don't know what it is. I don't think I'll ever do it. It's your prerogative, what you think or believe, between you and God. But somebody said, don't you ever, ever poll Except you are prepared for the answers you get. Don't do it. Now, one time I went on a carnal trip to Disneyland. I'll never forget it. And one of the trips I went on was the haunted house. I went to the haunted house. And they had what they call ghost jumping up at you in figurines to scare the life out of you. Well, I did survive that. I did survive it. And uh, people were spooked out, and I wasn't spooked out. Not knowing the impact it had on me, we came home, and obviously we had supper. We prayed and went to bed, or whatever I did first, or then I'm sleeping, and my precious wife had the strange idea she's going to wake me up. <laughs> and I jumped up, and I started punching, slapping, choking, kicking, and I heard a scream, Honey, it's me! <laughs> I said, Who? I thought for sure I was kicking the ghost. <laughs> Ever since that time, for the security and safety of my wife and lack of child of abuse, I mean wife abuse situation, I've not been to another haunted house. And I told my wife, when you try to wake me up, be careful. <laughs> Stand far back and I might become swinging. <laughs> but some people it's dangerous trying to wake them up get a long broomstick and poke them make sure you're not within arm's length range you're far off and get up because they're coming swinging or they come choking or they're coming with weird weird aggressiveness and you got to protect yourself. You know what? Know who's in that room. 
and know when to touch them and not to touch them. And I don't know why I responded the way I did, but I did. He said, oh, he speed, 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 speed. I said, who? Oh. Well, I'm going to talk to you about, and they all slept. Trying to wake up people who are sleeping can be very dangerous. I have learned by experience that sleepwalk can be very dangerous. People fell and fall off buildings. Sleepwalking. One of our political leaders in the Caribbean died. They said he slept. He sleepwalked and fell from the balcony and he died. Also sleeping behind the wheels. When I was helping my dad out in Athabasca late at night and going back home after midnight. Or when I was going to uh, Wildwood and teaching up there about 60 miles from home or, or further. To keep me awake my wife would raise a discussion with me. I'll do all the driving. She didn't. I did all the driving. And she tried to keep me awake by uh, disagreeing everything I say. <laughs> and I didn't realize she was using a ploy on me. But the more she disagrees, the more I stay awake. Because she knew if I'm not talking, I'm going to fall asleep. And I can sleep with my eyes wide open. I'm driving still. But I don't know where I'm going. I'm fast asleep. It's dangerous to drive while you're sleeping. You could end up in a tree or in a wall, and it's very, very dangerous. Amen. And I know it's people in the Bible that fall in that trap like Adam. You know, Adam fell asleep, and it cost him a few ribs. That's the only way God could take a rib out of him. He had to put him to sleep. So man, be careful how you sleep. You may end up with a cheap spare rib beside you later on. But Adam fell asleep and God took that rib out of him. Read about Saul. While Saul slept, David and his men, <coughs> Joab, took away his spear. Took away uh, a clip out of his Garment. His heart smote him, but there was a deep sleep on Abner and Saul. When Samson slept, Delilah used the opportunity to cut his hair and cut him off from God. It cost him his life. And when the Syrian captain slept, Jehel took a hammer and a nail and drove it in his head. And kill him, which he couldn't have done if he was awake. The Bible tells us that even when the disciples was with Jesus, he told them the danger of sleeping. He said, Look, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares, and it choked up the good crop that God gave. Eutychus in the Bible, Paul preached, You think I'm long winded? Paul's longer than I am. Short but long-winded. He preached all night till the next day. And there's a lad got tired of the sermon. Uh, on the third floor, he fell to the bottom and broke his neck. And he died. He was sleeping in church. Don't sleep in church. It's a bad thing, especially if you snore. That's even worse yet. My wife's pastor in England 
he always carry a water pistol. When you sleep in the front pew, he go like this. Psh, and give you holy anointed water. You know what they do? Jump up and say, hallelujah. I was told about a story they did in a, this really happened in a Bible school. These kids play joking each other at Bible school and uh, they're at this college and this guy fell asleep. And while he's sleeping, his teacher's teaching and someone hit him and says, they're asking you to dismiss the class. So he jumped right up <laughs> and start praying. Oh God, we thank you. For <laughs> the professor cried out, I am not through. <laughs> but that's the problem with sleeping. You never know how you're going to be used. And the foolish virgins, there are five of them, Bible said they were foolish, not because they were ignorant, but they, they just did not realize what time it was. There was a midnight cry. And when the cry came, they all slept. And while they're sleeping, the Bible said, the bridegroom showed up. And they began to scurry around. And, you know, they tried to get dressed in a hurry. They put the shoes on the wrong feet. The socks go inside out. You know, <laughs> some things can happen when you're in a hurry. You put the wrong color socks on. I'm so glad you people don't look down all the time. Because I promise you they don't always match. Sometimes you put on the wrong pair of shoes. You know, got two different shoes on, don't realize it. Because you just woke up out of your sleep. You lost your senses. You're out of you're out of control. You're 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 in a comatose. But they all stirred themselves, and the master when they stirred himself, they realized I'm out of oil. I'm out of oil. So the teaching here is it's not good to sleep. And yet Peter told Jesus, Lord. If Lazarus is sleeping, he does well. Nothing wrong with that. We could do some too. He said, no, he's dead. Oh, so I'm not talking about being physically dead. But when you sleep, actually, you are conditioned by a dope within you. Maybe dopamine, I suppose. And it causes you to be out of consciousness and put you in a state of semi-consciousness. And the message I want to bring to you tonight is God has placed over his church people with uh, responsibility to keep the church pew cedars awake. No, nothing more dull than a Bible study in a monotonous voice, a monotone voice, Never raise your voice. Never get anointed. I don't like those kind of services. And I pray to God they get anointed. Even if you have to throw a firecracker in the church. To get some movement around the church. But the last thing you want to do is get a, a mono voice. Or somebody read their entire sermon to you. Boys, you heard that? <clears throat> don't you come reading the sermons? We'll spew water on you. We want to get anointed, speaking as the Holy Ghost. 
give you utterance. And so God wants his church to be awake. I'm going to explain to you what God means by that. Right now as we are talking, the Bible warns us about the coming economic perils that the church would experience in this present time. We are living not in the beginning of time, but at the ending of time. We are living in a time when everything is collapsing. Not rising, but collapsing. We are actually coming close to the fact that we are hearing, seeing, and sometimes even feel the beginning of sorrows. We are unaware of the system that God talked about. It's not good. Hallelujah. You don't know it, but there are countries right now that cannot buy or sell at will. There are powers higher than they are that tell them you're not going to buy and you're not going to sell and throw them into all kind of economical sufferings. There are many countries, and believe it or not, it's coming down to the individual when that day would arrive. And yet the church carry on as if it's just playtime as normal. Playtime as normal. When we're in Edmonton, this particular church had a daycare center, and the kids in the morning were dropped off by their parents. And they would sleep and play and carry on. But I watched that clock. When that clock at a certain evening time, those kids did not want to go to sleep. They did not want to play. They were watching the door. Mama, our papa is coming. And they could feel it in their bone. They had no watches on. But there was something called anticipation. There was an expectation in their heart. And they were not interested in the games anymore. Or in the play. Or on the sleep. And they were watching that door. And I watched those kids. When the door opened and the respective parents come in. They would raise their hands. And they would run to that door. You'd have thought the place center was an evil place. They want to get up and out. They run into the arms of a welcoming mom and dad. Who was going to take them home? That's what God wants from this church. The game is over. The sleeping is over. The play is over. It's time to be ready. Have your wedding garments on. Have your shoes your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel. Have your loins girt with truth and your lantern lit and the oil up to par and you're ready for a journey. This is not the time to sleep. My friend missed his plane and they said, sorry, we just shut the door. He said, I'm going to go home and preach that sermon. I said, I've had the opportunity to do the same thing too. I, I stood there and watched the plane. They couldn't go on it. They said, sorry, we just shut the door. And we're not going to open it for anybody. I said, but look, man, the plane is right there. I said, sorry, the door is shut. The Bible said when they went to buy, when they came back, the door was 
shut. Amen. If the world can shut us out for being late, how about God? If the world can be precise about being on time and being ready, how about the church? My God, you can catch another flight, but there is no other flight. It's now or never. You are on or you're off. You're in or you're out, church. I'm telling you, it's time for the church to wake up, smell the coffee, and realize where you are. There is a failing economy that making it opportune time for the beast to rise and to solve all weird problems and with a little army become mighty and strong. Like the Bible so predicted, the famine, the environmental disturbances. It's not based on carbon, amen, decay of the environment. I believe the heavens are ruling. I believe Jesus Christ is bringing to pass these things that must come to pass. I believe we're coming close to the time in countries as I speak, money has failed. Money is failing. Money will fail. And yet the church is still eating and drinking and merry like nothing is happening. It disturbed me. I say disturb me. It's like a parent taking a child by the hand and running from the fire and all the kid wants to do is play with the cat. And I realize the parents realize there's danger. But the child is oblivious to what is going on. We don't need to have the mentality of an aiming child that's immature in thinking. If there's every time we need maturity of thoughts mine is now we need to understand the times this church needs to become like the church and the people called Issachars let the scripture speak to you in 1st Chronicle 12 32 and the children of Issachar which were men of understanding men of understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do and to, and to show them the way do you know what time it is? Do you know where you are in this pilgrim journey? And do you know what necessary action to take that you will not become a victim like the rest of the people today? We hear about world conditions. In fact, some of you don't hear it. Some of you are just nebulized to it. What's going on? And you want to pass the whistle all the fuss? Why are you crying, wolf, wolf? Why are you telling us the sky is falling? <clears throat> the storm don't mean nothing. The tornadoes don't mean anything. It's all looked like everything continued as they were as before. Let's be normal. Let's be normal. But that's not what I read when I read the Bible. When I hear the news and the Bible coincide. It tells me not by accident because the world is not going to print biblical theology. But they must report actuality. And actuality is according to biblical theology. And they can't deny 
except asking what meaneth this? And the church should not join that system. Let me tell you why God gave you a pastor. He put a watchman on the wall. Praise God. He put a keeper over the fold. The watchman on the wall is to point out and blow the trumpet when he sees the danger coming. Amen. And the shepherd job is to watch over the flock that the wolves don't find their way into the fold. He can't afford to sleep. The watchman on the tower, his job, amen, hallelujah, is to see the storm coming and give a forecast that things are coming that could be perilous. I think of Apostle Paul. The Bible said when they were about to sail by the Holy Ghost, he said, I don't think this is the time or the place to go. But the Bible said they overrode what he said and they stepped out supposing they were having their journey like they planned it to. But then the wind blew softly. It looked like everything is all right. Paul was just a worked up, worried wart until they came to a certain place. The Bible said a storm came up, a rogue wave that's called Eurachodon. And you reckon it's a rogue wave. You can't predict it. It comes as a snare. It comes unprepared. You can't tell what's going to get there, but it can do untold damage. When I read the Bible, it tells me they're at the verge of suicide when they thought about what was happening to them and found the apostle Paul said, Man and brethren, you ought to have listened to me. I gave you a forecast. I told you it's going to be perils down the road. I'm taking church, the pot on the plane. Don't wait till you get in the cloud of disturbance. He said, folks, we're about to face with a bump on this journey. Put on your seatbelt. No more going to the latrine. Amen. Sit down because you could break your neck. I'm taking church. We need a forecast. We don't need to react. We need to act. Come on, church. God put a watchman on the tower. Amen. To protect. Amen. Ships out at sea. If the man at the watchtower begin to sleep, ship can go shipwrecked against walls and rocks. I've seen terrible places in the Caribbean and elsewhere where if that tower person ever sleep, ships are in danger. And I believe God put a watchtower within the church. God's saying it's not time to sleep. Nobody here should go shipwreck. Nobody. For except you abide in this ship, you won't make it, honey. This gospel ship is going to make it. You stay in the fellowship. It's time for us to understand the times and know what we ought to do. Most of you were not here when I preached on the sex education. I listened to it three times to make sure I didn't miss the mark, and you don't think it's important. But every time I hear the radio, they talk about gender reassignment. It's a fancy word that means contrary to God's word. I don't know if you have a response for what the world is imposing on you. But the Bible says, lest you fall in the same era of the unbeliever and the wicked. You've got to know what to believe, when you believe it, how you believe it, and who you believe in, my friend. If you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for anything and everything. 
That's why it's time to awake and be conscious and be conscientious and know the difference between the clean and the unclean and know the difference between the holy and the unholy. I'm talking to a church that God says, shake her, wake her, quake her, get her up to get her garment looked after because the Lord said it's time to awake. <coughs> Amen. What about the news about global famine, Pastor? You read too much news. <laughs> Pastor, you listen to much rumors. Well, my friend, we're living in perilous times. Ships and boat people are dying by the thousands in the Mediterranean, in the Pacific. People are running to and fro, and they're experiencing perilous situations. We're seeing climatic disasters. Money failing Greece and other countries. We read about distress of nations. We read about pestilence and crisis after crisis. Amen. Things we put our faith in and confidence in are collapsing. Like the earth is shifting under our feet. Recession in some places. And so people are unemployed, concerned about their job. People are become cannibalistic. We read in the news, amen, about recession, high unemployment, people losing their property, losing their family, and everybody at their wit's end. I'm asking, what is the church doing? What is the church saying? We cannot say like the world. All things continue as they were from the beginning. Beloved, this is the last time. And the Bible the last time, perilous time shall come. It has come. It is here. It's just a matter of time. Something more climatic is about to happen. Are we ready? Are we ready? In the news, we read about things like Genesis 41.3. A great famine. Seven years of famine. There's famine everywhere. Antichrist to rise. How many of you heard about the problem in Greece? Does it really affect us? Does it mean anything? How many of you understand scripture? How many of you like Daniel searching the scripture? And so Lord, 70 years have transpired. It's time for restoration with God. How many of you understand the time that's taking place in the part of Europe? Why is Rome the Pope they have? Why is Greece today making a drastic decision? And why is the new prime minister is greeted with <laughs> a charismatic world type of pop star receptivity why is he looked upon as the savior of a country that is totally bankrupt what does it mean to us does anybody understand this picture on the wall it's not just an artist's impression it's the world positioning if I talk to you about the ten toes does that mean anything to you? Is it just a Michelangelo picture? Or is it a picture of our present world's condition? 
This man called Alex Sithpras, 39 years old, stood in defiance of the ECM and told them, take a jump. We will not pay. We will not do what you ask us to do. We will do what is best for our country. And we will not fear if you threw us out of the system. But we are going to go back to our pride. How many of you recognize that this could be significance? See, this is right upon the heel of a United Pentecostal preacher who stood at the UN right where all the world leaders stood and declared that Jesus is the answer for the world today. That Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 is the only way through the gate of salvation. I believe tonight that Matthew 24 was fulfilled on that day when that man stood right there and began to read that scripture. The Bible says, and this gospel shall be preached in all the world. Verse 14, then shall the end come. If that is true, that the gospel is preached in all the world from the pulpit of the world headquarters, then it makes sense that we're about to see this week, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, becoming fulfilled. And yet the church doesn't understand it. In Thessalonica, an election came, and they chose Lexus Sidpras. This man is the first man in the history of modern Greece that refused to swear by the Bible. This man of a Jewish background said, I will not swear by the Bible, but I will swear by a civic oath. And he said, I will not do it. He is the first person. I want you to notice the election took place in Thessalonica. Why Thessalonica? Because the second chapter, go there with me, of Thessalonica, amen, that's where the Bible tells us that the Antichrist would raise his ugly head and that he would cause craft to prosper at a time when Greece is in a dire trouble. I want to tell you, could it be we are witnessing the fulfillment of chapter 2 of the book of 2 Thessalonians. Not only that, beloved, but I want to tell you in chapter 8 of the book of Daniel, it talks about Greece like you would not believe. Let me take you there. In chapter 8 of the book of Daniel, it talks about, amen, the goat and the ram. The ram had two horns, Mes and Persia. Today, Persia and Mes are in the news. They are wrestling with the world, the United Nation, where this man stood and declared Acts 2.38 
That's the only message that can save the world while Persia is planning on blowing up the world. United States, the eagle, is talking about uh, compromise. But the Bible know that these things must come to pass because it is going to usher in the coming of Jesus Christ. Does the church know what time it is? Does the church ignore what's going on? And the ballast know that the horns had a battle they fought in history. Amen. And the said that Alexander the Great came up as that single horn and destroyed, amen, the, the Persian Empire and reigned. And while he was reigning as a young man in his 30s, he died, amen, a sudden death. And his four generals reigned in his place. And the Bible tells us his kingdom was split among four. Then it's crossed down to two. It's called the Seleucid and the Ptolemy Empire. The Seleucid is the Syrian Empire, modern day Syrian. Then it talks about the Ptolemy, the Egyptian Empire, which is run by Egypt. Is it ironic that today, we have Egypt fallen, and we see Syria tumbling, hallelujah, and Greece struggling. Why is it happening? My friend, I'm going to tell you, if you read your Bible, it's telling me it's time for the church to wake up from her sleep and her slumber. It's time for the church to understand that we are in chapter 8 of the book of Daniel. We're seeing him and this little horn waxing great. And the Bible tells us that in this time we're living in. A king. King means prime ministers today. Would rise up. And understanding mysteries. Would you please look at verse 23. Why does the Grecians believe this man is going to restore respect, prosperity, and make craft to prosper at a moment when Greece has fallen? Economically, Greece has fallen. Greece has no money. Isn't it ironic that the leopard with the head of a lion and the paws of a bear, Germany control 64 billion dollars hands in the pocket of Greece. Why are we faced with the leopard, the he-goat, and the ram? we faced with Rome with its ten horns and it's happening in our midst and the church is not putting it together the believers are not understanding the times would you believe this prime minister they said is party is called Syriza S-Y-R-I-Z-A 
eyes are on him in Greece. Greece is bankrupt. And everybody in Greece said, this man will restore our economy and our pride. What did the Bible say? And in the latter times of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to a full of the world system, a king of fierce countenance <clears throat> and understand dark citizens shall stand. That means somebody's coming up with a superior brain greater than Einstein's coming on the market. And his power shall be mighty, but not of his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Lord, watch out, Israel. This won't be to your blessing. And through, listen now, and through his policy which is what they need right now. Also, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify <laughs> himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He won't fire a shot. He's not an army. Hello. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. That means he and Jesus are going to have a battle. He and the leaders of Israel are going to have a battle too. But he shall be broken without hand. That means he will not be destroyed by any political government. He will be destroyed at the coming of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you that you've got less than three years to think about things. And I hate to put dates on anything I'm telling you right now. But I believe by 2018, my friend, you're going to see more than you've ever seen if you're <clears throat> still. The gospel is preached around the world. It happened when it was done at the UN. The UN is the world represented. And now Daniel chapter 2 is coming to a fulfillment. The ten toes, partly strong and partly weak. Partly strong economically and partly weak economically. Partly strong politically and partly strong politically. Strong and weak. Hello. In other words, there is a stone getting ready to cut out of the mountain. That means the humanity of God is about to come out of divinity and invade this European image. But it will not happen until this Grecian prince Fulfill chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. What did they say? 
about this prince. He was wounded and he survived. Could it be Greece is going to survive? By a policy and a system that may craft to prosper in the European system that Greece become the head of the system with just a small band of people but because of the intelligence that they're going to have Here's the complicated part. Micah 5 says, when the Assyrian come in our country, Assyrian means Syrian. Syria. This Bible says that the Grecian going to do it. So which one is correct? Paul says, chapter 2, Thess Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, the guy's coming right out of here, friend. He's coming out of here. From right here. And here we are, as a church, sitting at ease in Zion. And we don't have the wisdom of the Issachites to put it all together and realize that it couldn't be. Since the gospel is preached in all the world, it's time to release the Antichrist. I am saying by the name of Jesus, the man is alive, he's well, and going to capture an opportunity of global depression and bring success like we've never seen. And from a wounded economy, the Bible says it'll bring a booming economy, and the world will be at his hand. Church, where are we? You don't know where we are? We are in Matthew 24. I don't need to walk you through there. Look for yourself. When the Bible says you hear of wars, rumors of wars, famine, pestilence, kingdoms against kingdoms, nation against nations, where you put it all together. Why is Iraq in the news? Why is Isis in the news? Why is Isis taking the leadership role of beheading people? What did the 20th chapter of Revelation said? These in heaven were beheaded for the weakness of Jesus. Why do they behead people in the Middle East? Because they profess faith in Jesus. You don't know this and they stop reporting it. But Boko Haram this week with a suicide bomber went into a church and blew the whole thing up and 200 people died. He shall be killed and hated of all nations for my name's sake. Why? Because it's time for the church to wake up and realize 
were sleeping. Why is it United States of America, which is the eagle of the Bible, just passed a law that's already passed in many other countries around the world that we can reassign gender. We can redefine our marriage. Why? Could it be you're in the days of Lot? And you're not recognizing it? Why is all these churches having only one service on Sunday? <laughs> and call it SMO, Sunday morning only. That's what they call it, SMO. Why are they doing it? Could it be in the days of Noah? I'm calling on you to go check out what's happening to Greece. Greece is not going to go bankrupt. <clears throat> because the 10th chapter, the 10th chapter <coughs> of the book of Daniel tells us, as I speak, Michael and Gabriel are engaged right now. Not fighting for the church, but fighting for the survival of the nation of Israel. Can anybody tell me why is it Israel just said this week, we will support Egypt in battle against Isis? Why? Is that unscriptural? Or does the 12th chapter down talk about the merging of the two system? Church, I'm trying to tell you, church, you are watching the development of the theme. Jesus was not just crucified suddenly. It was a three-year plan in the coming together. And he tried to prepare the disciples for his death and his resurrection. And the Bible said the best response they had was they fell asleep. And while they slept, they arrested him. Think about it. I'm going to tell you, the prince of Persia right now is fulfilling the 10th and the 13th verse of Daniel chapter 10. I believe the prince of Greece is right now involved in the ecumenical future of Greece. Now I preach many times to you folks Wrote books after books. I'm almost embarrassed to write all those books and bring it to you one more time. You don't even buy it. You don't even read it. You don't even listen to my tape. You don't listen to it at all. And I'm here to preach to you tonight because God gave me a warning. He said, Pastor, I want you to wake up the church. He said, I hold you responsible as a watchman on the wall. I hold you responsible as the gatekeeper of the sheepfold. I hold you responsible as the watchtower for ships out at sea. 
I hold you responsible for the signal man that stopped the train from a head-on collision. I hold you responsible as captain of that ship to keep the navigation system working. You are the pot in the cockpit. Show my people the times. Because the, the world don't understand the times. But my people, for lack of knowledge, will be destroyed. I said, God, what do you mean by Ephesus? I mean, you said this church is dead. She's called Sardis. What do you mean? He said, I don't mean she is physically dead. I mean she is asleep. And my coming is going to catch her unprepared. This morning, those folks didn't hear me. And I wouldn't preach this to them because it's not for them to hear it. Because this is for disciples. The best services in this church is not in the mornings, in the nighttime. You don't realize that, but they don't know that either. But the best service is the nighttime. Because in the nighttime, we're talking about kingdom situation. The kingdom of God is at hand. Why do we have gay prides? Why do we have gender reassignment? Why is Greece falling apart? Greece will be healed. And the world is going to wonder after her. And said, how come you were wounded? And you survived. And she's going to point to the beast and said, his craft and his wisdom, he did it without God because he will not respect the God of his father. He said, I will not swear by that book. And me and the Pope are good friends. He went to the Vatican in 2014. And they're good friends. The Vatican is a guy that comes from where? Jesuit priesthood. You know, Jesuit priests are the military arms, amen, of the Inquisition and the Catholic wars with the Lutheranites. Amen. Global famine, perilous time, climatic disaster, money failing, distress of nations, pestilence, all crisis, recession. High unemployment. And all you can worry about is God. God. Things that don't really matter. The Bible snow. In 2 Thessalonians 2. Go there please. Said this man. That everybody said. He will be our hope. What did Mr. Utan says at the UN? Give us a man that can solve the world crisis. And we worship him, whether it be a god or a demigod or a devil. And in 2015, United Pentecostal Church, man of God, by the invitation of Mr. Moon, Secretary Moon, stood at the podium where Obama stands. Where the Prime Minister of Canada stands. Where Putin stands. Where Israeli President stands. 
all the leaders of the world stood and he quoted the plan of salvation that is the gospel summary after you hear the gospel the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ then it's time to tell them how to get in my point to you beloved there is nothing in this book called the Bible that's left to be fulfilled except one thing the last few verses when you see Israel amen surrounded by the abomination that's caused desolation if this man is a Jew and he is then a lot of Jews will follow him. A lot of Jews. Perfect harmony. And yet the church is not ready. Everywhere you go, gender reassignment is there. Men marrying men. Women marrying women. What more, what more sign do you want? Famine and pestilence. What more do you want? Kingdoms fighting kingdoms. How much more do you want here? Huh? Racisms. They hate one another and kill one another. How much do you want? You want more of that? Famine and pestilence. Distress of nations. What more do you want, church? The moon turning blood. To men create blood moon religion. What more do you want? Gog and Magog rise up. Where's Gog and Magog? We were just there a while ago. You, you saw it. Israel. All nations against Israel. I'm about to put her on trial for atrocity. How will all nations do it? Does it mean every country go there and do it? No. The UN will do it. The UN mean all nations. When they crucified Jesus, they crucify Israel. When Mr. Moon speaks, the world speaks. Church, are we sleeping? Before I close, I'm not through. We're looking at me as if I'm strange. I'm going to ask you right now. When last this church trim her lamps? When last we check the oil level of our pilgrimage? When last we got our bifocal with 2020 vision? When last we feel a need for a state of readiness? Two in the field, one taken and the other left. Two in bed, one taken and the other left. Will there be a state of readiness? Does anybody in this church understand the times? Right now, I don't see anything to stop Jesus from coming except one thing, 
another soul. All the nations are in perfect alignment for the end time. All the abominations are in their place. And you don't know it. There are four angels in the Middle East waiting to be delivered. And they want to blow upon this earth. Read your Bible. The four horse riders, he's waiting for Greece to act. We're dealing right now with terrorists. Terrorists are called footmen. But when Greece produced her Antichrist, which will be a Syrian Jew, amazing, isn't it? You said the past, I don't believe that. Well, let me tell you, Jesus Christ was a Jew. He was also a Roman. He was born on a Roman citizenship. I mean, believe that. He was a Jew, an Israelite, a Roman. Huh? From Galilee and Bethlehem. Which, which one does he belong to? Hello? Like it or not, Caesar was his king. So don't tell me that Antichrist can't be all those things. What does the Bible say in chapter 10, church? Look at me, please. Look at your Bible right now. In verse 20. This, he said, knowest thou, wherefore, I'm come to thee. Why? And now I will turn to fight with the prince of Persia, which is who? Who's Persia? Iran. And when I'm gone, for lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. I'm trying to tell you, Greece is not on her own. There is an angelic war going on. When Daniel was praying, he wasn't alone in the battle. <laughs> Gabriel and Micah were involved. <laughs> because the prince of Persia and others were stopping the prayer. I don't know what's wrong with our churches. It says there, But I will show you thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there's none that hold this except Michael and Gabriel. And this goes on. If we read chapter 11, and you should have no problem reading chapter 11, because I have already gone through it line for line, precept upon precept, and I know if I quiz you right now, you'll say, I don't know. I think you're just plain dumb. I'll put it very simple. You're just plain dumb. You rather sit there and look at me and say, Pastor Neil, I don't understand nothing. You say, you don't understand. You got to study it. You're going to fly an airplane. You don't know it's going to fly it. You study the map. You make sure when you see a sign, you know, I'm close to where I'm going. Because uh, the earth has certain points to tell you if you're in the wrong place or not. Church, which of the news should I be reading right now, beloved? I'm going to stop. Because when you're sleeping, you're unaware of your surrounding. You're unaware of your times and the signs. And news are not significant to you. And the days are flying past and you don't realize you're in a danger zone. 
I'm sleeping. And the dangerous person to wake up is one that's sleeping. People are choosing their churches, choosing their pastors. And I told you why they're doing it, because some of us want to be spectators. Some of us want to be fans. And some really want to be a disciple. You don't have to believe me one word. But I want to tell you, everybody who passed through this church under the sod, they found that pastor and he was preaching either truth or lie. They know very quickly, let's stand. They know if I was preaching truth or lie. Because after death comes judgment. Mm. Mm. There is an hypnosis that grabs a hold of our churches. Sleep is creeping in on our ministers and pastors and elders and deacons. They're demotivated to pray and seek God. If there's ever a time church is not interested in anything spiritual, it's now. But church, what does the prophet Pastor Neil going all these years, almost 40 years, and then end up in hell? I'm going to tell you, Europe have to decide, do I kick Greece out of the UN or not? I say it's impossible for her to do it because God already set her in the picture. God set it right here. Eastern Division, the Greek Orthodox Church and the Papal Church have captivated that European system. God already set it up. But the Bible did said there's going to be a war in Europe. Three nations against ten. Spain is aligning herself with Greece because they resent Germany dictating terms. And the irony is when the Berlin Wall came down, which I preached many years would have to come down to make this fulfilled, Mr. Reagan didn't do it. God did. It said, this little man who has no army strong enough will come in but with craft and wisdom because the devil is going to empower him with his seat. And that's why Paul gave you the place of this man. He said, it's coming out of Thessalonica. We have been to Thessalonica. We've been there. You guys can't remember that? You know, a trip. You know who the Thessalonians were? The opposers of the truth. Huh? The Bereans were a lot more what? Nobler than the Thessalonians. And notice Paul spoke of the coming of Christ twice in that book. First, the coming of the Antichrist and Jesus Christ. He mentioned them. Chapter 4 and verse 14 to 18, 
He's speaking about the catching away of the church. We are at the verge. Tonight could be the night when we're gone. Backsliders, parents who have kids who are not saved, I'm guessing nine out of ten your kids may not make it in. And I'm not trying to be morbid. Nine out of ten you will not make it in. You know I know that? Because the Bible said when the angel went into Lot City and told them it was the time when they were sleeping. Have you noticed people aren't moved any day anymore about the coming of the Lord? Do you realize that? Do you realize how our preachers will not preach about creation that in the beginning God made male and female? They have more trust in lawyers than they have the defense of Michael and Gabriel. What am I saying here? They all slept. Meaning, they don't know why the government is passing the gay laws. They don't know why there's recession. They don't know why Greece is in the position she's in. They don't know why ISIS is chopping off heads. They don't know why Israel is in the situation she is. They don't know why America is abandoning Israel. They don't know, church, why Russia is taking up the Ukraine. Ukraine will and always will be a part of Russia. Why is China the red dragon rising up? Slowly but neatly around the world, everywhere, the red dragon is there. Don't mean nothing to you, does it? This pastor ain't stupid. The Abraham land in this city is not a land for me. Maybe it's for you. You're gone before it? Go for it. I don't want nothing from this world. But Lot's family were sleeping. It was nighttime when the angel showed up. And I believe God is calling pastors angel. I feel sorry for Athabasca. I feel sorry for St. Albert. Because they, they don't really listen to me at all. They don't. You know why they don't listen to me? They say, well, you're remote. You're so far away. Well, so is Daniel. So is Paul. I feel sorry for you, too. Come preaching to you, you don't listen either. You may have 10,000 instructors, but God sent you one messenger. Mm. And young people, we know why we're coming after you because we know what happened in the first set. You don't know, but we know. And we're fighting our heart out to stop you from going in that ditch. But the Bible says at bedtime, he rapped on the door. So wake up. Get out of here. You know what they said? This is a joke. We're in a generation that's joking about everything of God. It's now satire. And the sad part is now, 
We got Christian clown. This is not a joking matter. This is a weeping matter. This is a weeping matter. You know they said, Daddy, go back and sleep. Something is wrong with you, Dad. Go back and sleep. You're just tired. Remember I told you? The message is, and they all slept. And so they rolled over and slept. It's a joke. And he says, look, the morning cometh. Get out of here. I worked one time in McMurray when there was a strike many years ago. I was on staff, and I had to work for the staff because all the workers were thrown out. And for a long time, and so they told me, you're locked in or quit. God said, don't quit. So I stayed. And I was on the night shift. I'm going to be honest with you. The hardest time I ever had in my life is staying awake on the twilight hour. It was neither day nor night. And my body was under the influence of the twilight. I fought supposed to sleep on the job. I got centrifuge traveling 500 miles an hour. I'm supposed to look over those things and make sure they don't get imbalanced and blow the place up because they got the power to do that. We got pumps that could blow out walls no matter how thick they were. You know, over 600 PSI pump. have a water hammer and go bang and knock the walls out. We had to be alert. Church, I fought. And I can see people today fighting to have a prayer life. Fighting to be faithful. I want to tell a secret about my wife and I. We start giving away money like we're crazy. Because God spoke to me already. He said, when you're dead, when you're dead, boy, whose is it? Number two, you will not be remembered for what you did back there. Only what you laid up there. Huh? I was in a board. Hold it. I was in a board. All the ministers in that board are dead. I'll show the picture right now. Go to my office, somebody, please. And bring me that picture off my wall. They're all dead. I just got ordained in that system. They're all dead. Every one of them. And I thought to myself, God, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. You know why people die off, off this earth? God is pulling us out of the fiery com coming on this world. And I thought, oh God, this is not good. All the, the foundations are gone. Just a bunch of young guys coming up. They're changing the Bible in our world. And nobody cares. They're changing marriage laws. Nobody cares. You know why? 
we are oblivious. And church, here's where the devil got us. I'm going to shock you. Constantine is the smartest guy ever lived since Satan. He found a law. Give it to me here. I'm the only black guy in this picture, man. You can't find me. I'm so white out. Let me tell you something, folks. The devil says you can't defeat those people except you give them handouts. And the first thing they did to the church was stop taxing them. The greatest curse ever come to our churches is that we got freedom from taxes. Now we will fight to keep that and keep Jesus. And they use that to control us. They're all dead. They're all dead. I'm left. But I told God I will not be dug up. I'll be caught up. I refuse to be dug up. I plan to be caught up. Now, why am I telling you this, folks? Because, church, there's a generation that is making footsie with the devil. Jude said, crept in unaware. If I'm not careful, all kind of spirit comes through that door in this church. And pretty soon we lose the Godhead. We lose our foundation. If you think pastoring is easy, you're wrong. While men slept, the devil crept in unaware. He said, Preacher, be awake. Be awake. Because Jeroboam did this. You know what he did to them? It's too far to go and worship God. I'll give you two golden calves. You can't buy or sell except you bow. Would you bow your hands right now to Jesus? I was teaching on Friday night. Anybody who is self-employed and don't read the business page, I'm saying you are set up for a disaster. That's why I don't play the stock market, because you can't play it without checking up on it. Well, you'll be taking for a ride. They'll just eat you up. But I got my Bible that tells me where I'm at. And nobody's going to steal my crown. Messed up my gown. And the only way I can have your garment wrinkles, friend, is go to sleep in it. Who is God talking to tonight? Your job is just for a moment. That's just to give you purchasing power. It has no other use beyond that. What are you doing with your life for Christ? This church must not be condemned with this city. And I'm saying to this church, wake up. I'm calling you as a watchman on the wall. Wake up. Wake up. And pray that you be counted worthy to escape the things.
that are coming upon this world. Peter, pray. Wake up. That you fall not into temptation. But he slept anyhow. He lost out. He fell asleep. Who's God calling right now this morning tonight? Anybody who backslides now is a fool. You choose the bad time to leave. You choose the worst time to leave. Because the door is about shut. I believe Greece perhaps found their man. Possible. He's the first man in the history of the nation that never swear in the Bible. And the people said, this man is our hope. What will they say to the Antichrist? This man shall be our if you think Antichrist is not yet born, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're just out of this world. And I'm not being disrespectful. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being honest with you. We're just a bit crazy. The guy's alive. I'm older than he is. He's alive. He's in flesh and blood. And he will solve the economy. It won't be America that does it. <laughs> it won't be... Uh, it won't be a German that does it. German control the machine, but he controls the idea. And with a small people of three nations, he will destroy seven. And the rest will hand their power over to him. And he'll be a part of the Roman Maastricht Treaty system. The gospel is preaching all over the world, beloved. You can't go wrong believing. But you can be deceived if you don't believe. The chance of me being right is 99%. The chance of you being wrong is 100%. Wake up. Wake up. This church is a gift from God. Why don't preacher preach this? I travel... Preachers are not telling their saints. I'm telling you, saints. I'm being honest with you. I'm not patting myself on the back. Preachers are not telling their people. They don't know. They don't know. They're falling victim. Of the world. That's going to end like 2 Peter chapter 3 says. You should thank God for a messenger who neither sleep nor slumber but is on the wall blowing the trumpet. He don't know if it's in the first watch or the second watch or the third watch but he knows I'm watching and I'm telling you he's coming. Are you ready? Trim your lamps. Tap up your oil. Church of the living God. In 1948, the fig tree blossomed. 70 years will be the completion of the blossoming. Which means 2018, it will be completed. And it could be within that time Jesus Christ arrived for us. That makes sense what's happening right now. Everything is within a short program. I'll make a quick end of prophecy.
one by one they'll be fulfilled. And I, I personally don't know of any other. And I'm not saying I'm perfect on all the answers. But I'm saying we're there. Awake, Zion, awake. Awake and trim your lamp. Awake, Zion, awake. Awake and trim your lamp. For the 